Good morning, uh, and welcome to worship on this, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. My name is Nicholas Gonzalez, and I'm the associate pastor here at St. Andrew, and I'm so thankful that you're joining us in worship online this morning. I just wanted to make a couple announcements before we begin. I wanted to remind you that if you're looking for any and all information, be sure to check out our website at mystandrew.org. You can find signups for our midweek communion services, as well as in-person worship if you're preparing to do that as well. Also, we have so many other programs and things that are still happening during this time. So please, check out our website, mystandrew.org, to find out all of that information. Also, I want to say thank you to all of you as you have continued to give generously during this time. And for those of you who might not know about our online giving system, I wanted to remind you about that, mystandrew.org slash give. Uh, that's how we're able to continue to support God's mission and continue to serve you. And so we're so thankful for your generosity during this time. And we ask that if you haven't had a chance, please check that out. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact our church office. With that being said, I pray a blessing on your worship this morning. As we begin in worship this morning, we do so in the name of our triune God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Together, we confess our sins before God, seeking His mercy and forgiveness. Let us pray. Reconciling God, we confess that we do not trust your wisdom, and we deny your presence in our lives. We place our hope in ourselves, rely on our own efforts, fail to believe in the truth of your word. We fear difference and do not welcome others as you have welcomed us. We have sinned in thought, word, and deed. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Scripture tells us that when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and he forgives us of all of our sins and cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and therefore by his authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Nor vain empty praise 
the reading of the word this morning from the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, the third chapter beginning at the fifth verse. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous, they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. Hi everyone. Who is the smartest person you know? Maybe it's someone in your family or one of your teachers. This is my graduation cap from college. I could say that I am smarter from my time in college because I learned a lot and I gained knowledge about how to be a teacher. Now, who is the wisest person you know? Being wise is different from being smart. If you are wise, it means you make good decisions or choices. So where can we find true wisdom? Well, in today's Bible story, Solomon has a dream where God asks him what he really wants. Solomon was a king, so you might think that he would ask for riches or power over his enemies. Instead, he asks for wisdom. He wanted to be the type of king who made good decisions to glorify God. Solomon came to God to receive true wisdom. We can do the same thing by reading our Bibles and asking God to fill our hearts with his wisdom so that we can make good decisions for him. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for the wisdom that you bring. 
Fill our hearts with your wisdom so that we can make good decisions for you and spread your love to those around us. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Tallulah Bankhead was a famous actress of stage and screen in the middle part of the 20th century and was known for her great celebrity and also for coming from a very powerful family given the fact that her uncle and her grandfather were United States senators and her father was a member of the House of Representatives. So a lot of celebrity, a lot of notoriety, a lot of power in her life. On the other hand, uh, she was also known for alcoholism, drug abuse, and sexual promiscuity, and even referred to herself once upon a time as being as pure as the driven slush, which is to say that in spite of all of her power and all of her celebrity, there was also a lot of emptiness and a lot of struggle in her life. And that in some way forms the context of Tallulah Bankhead's famous quotation that you never know what power you really have until you know the power that's greater than you. And I think that fairly summarizes today's passage from the book of 1 Kings in the Old Testament. And a snapshot that we get of a man by the name of Solomon and his rise to power as the king of Israel and what all of that means to you and me. Uh, just to fill in the blanks a little bit, uh, Solomon was the third and last king of Israel before that kingdom divided, and uh, he was the successor uh, to his father David, who was Israel's beloved king. He also built Jerusalem's first temple, known as Solomon's Temple. And he's the stated author of the Song of Solomon, uh, Ecclesiastes, the Proverbs, and at least two psalms in the Old Testament, one of which is Psalm 127, which says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor build it in vain, which uh, we used a lot around here at St. Andrew back in the early 2000s when we were designing and building this house of worship. Besides that, Solomon's commercial interests were widespread, his uh, business abilities were well known, his decision-making power and leadership were legendary, as evidenced by the fact that he had uh, 1,400 chariots, 12,000 horsemen, and 400 stables, which you can read about in the books of First and Second Chronicles, and all took place when Israel was moving from being this little nation-state to being a significant world power. In fact, uh, one biblical historian that I think had maybe a little too much time on his hands calculated that if you were going to build Solomon's temple today, it would cost $174 billion with a B dollars in today's currency. And yet if you think that Solomon's power came from the fact that he was groomed by this powerful family, or you believe that his greatness came from years of business experience, the fact is you'd be wrong. Because the truth of the matter is that he was not immediately the heir apparent for the throne. And when he did finally come into power, he was only 18 or 20 years old, which gives rise to the question, well, where did his greatness come from? Where did he get his power? And the answer to that is in a dream that he has at a place called Gibeon. As you heard in the very first verse of the reading today, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night in a dream. And before you just blow by that verse, uh, let me say to you that Gibeon was located about six miles northwest of Jerusalem, and it was built up on a hill. And because there was no temple yet in Jerusalem, Gibeon was one of the places where people would go 
to be up on that hill to worship God. And not only that, but ancient Near Eastern monarchs would go to these high places and they would stay there until they fell asleep in the hopes of encountering God in a dream. They wanted to dream about God. And so Solomon evidently did this, and sure enough, he does fall asleep, and he does meet God in his dream. And in that dream, God gives him the go-ahead to ask him for whatever he wants. And that's where it gets kind of interesting, because uh, back in those days, ancient Near Eastern monarchs were known to pray specifically for three things whenever they came into uh, their authority or their roles or positions as leaders. The first thing was a long life. The second thing was great power and wealth. And the third thing was the death of their enemies. That's what they prayed for, and everybody knew it. But as you heard, Solomon breaks that mold. That is not what he prays for. Instead, Solomon says to God, I'm just a child and I don't know what I'm doing. And then what he prays for is wisdom and understanding. Not a long life, not great wealth and power, not the death of his enemies. And then he prays for the discernment that God would give him between right and wrong, and between good and evil. And that prayer makes God happy. Because in that dream and in the the midst of that prayer, Solomon acknowledges not his greatness, but his weakness. Not his qualifications, but his inadequacy. Not his power, but his dependence on the power of God. Solomon never saw a Tallulah Bankhead movie, but he captured her sentiments exactly that you never know what power you really have until you know the power that's greater than you. Well, during the presidential election of 2008, candidate and Arizona Senator John McCain, who came from a very powerful family himself and was known for his own celebrity, was interviewed about his five and a half years as a prisoner of war during the Vietnam era, during which he was actually offered release because of the power that existed in his family, but he refused that release if his fellow prisoners could not also be set free. And it was during that time that McCain said that he prayed to God. Whether or not it was in a dream, we don't know. But he asked God, not to be freed from his captivity. Instead, he prayed that he would have the strength to do the right thing in the midst of his captivity. And McCain said that as a result of that prayer, he was able to make it through. He had the strength to endure, in his words, one minute at a time. Well, in the meantime, on a July summer day in 2008, McCain's political rival and opposing candidate, Illinois Senator Barack Obama, was at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem during a visit to Israel where it is customary to write prayers on pieces of paper and to slide them into the spaces between the stones of that great wall. And then every six months or so, the authorities would come along and take the prayers and bury them on the Mount of Olives 
without ever being seen by another human being. However, in this case, there was this overly zealous uh, Jewish seminary student who saw what had happened. He went and he retrieved Obama's prayer written on stationery from the King David Hotel and leaked it to the press. And now we know that what Senator Obama prayed for was not the death of Senator McCain. In fact, what he prayed for was protection for his family, forgiveness of his sins, and help against pride and despair. And so here are these two men, and they're competing against each other for the most powerful office in the land, and they failed to pray for a long life, for great wealth and power, and for the death of their enemies. And yet, I think their prayers made God happy. In fact, a little less than two years ago, President Obama delivered the eulogy at the funeral of Senator McCain. Well, in case you haven't noticed, we're in an election year right now. And while I frankly don't know what, if anything, our candidates might be praying for, what I know is that I am praying for leaders who seek the wisdom of God and the discerning ability to know good from evil and right from wrong so that all of them and also all of us might live our lives knowing that the only power we really have is this power that is greater than we are. Which we believe is the power of God revealed to us in the person of Jesus the Christ, whose greatness was revealed in humility, whose power was expressed by love, whose leadership took on the form of service, humbly, in the words of St. Paul, all the way to his death on the cross, so that in the words of Jesus, whoever humbles themselves, even if they have 1,400 chariots, will be exalted. And so Solomon gets called up to be the king of Israel, and he responds by saying, God, I'm just a child, and I don't know what I'm doing. Moses gets called to lead his people out of slavery and into freedom. And he says, I'm not even a good speaker. Isaiah gets called to his prophetic ministry and he says, just a second, I'm a man of unclean lips and I serve a people of unclean lips. Mary gets called to be the mother of the world's redeemer and says, I don't understand this. Saul of Tarsus gets called to be the world's greatest missionary and he says, there must be some mistake. I'm the chief of sinners. All of them got called by God to do something great, and all of them responded by pointing not to their greatness, but to their weakness, not to their qualifications, but to their inadequacy, not to their powerful families, but their place in the family of God. And our God worked with every one of those flawed individuals to make his grace known to and through them and to use them to turn the world upside down. You know, I still remember uh, those moments on the day I was ordained, just before the service, when the presiding pastor 
uh, looked at me in the sacristy and he said, how are you feeling? And I said, well, I'm feeling unworthy. And he said, good, because that's exactly what you are. And off we went. But when you trust in what Tallulah Bankhead, a deeply flawed individual, discovered, when you believe in what Solomon prayed for, when you think about how God used people like Moses and Isaiah and Mary and Saul of Tarsus, later known as St. Paul, and you trust in that power that's greater than you, then chances are very good that by the grace of God, you're going to have a great life because the power in you is the power greater than you. And that is the power of grace and truth in Jesus Christ. So I wish you pleasant dreams and don't forget to say your prayers. And don't forget to rejoice in Jesus, the greatest of all, who became the servant of all. So that by his grace, we can pray for and receive the wisdom of Solomon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.
Together, we confess our common Christian faith found in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, together we join our hearts and minds in prayer as we pray for the church, the world, and for all of creation, trusting in God to hear us as we call. Let us pray. Lord God, through your Son, you have kept the promise of the ages and rescued us from sin. You have taken us from out of the darkness and into the light. As we dwell in the house of the Lord, help us to live according to your word and give us hope each day as you lead us to everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, give us times of refreshment and peace in the course of our busy lives. Grant that we may so use our leisure to rebuild our bodies and renew our minds, that our spirits may be opened to the goodness of your creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you are the great physician and the Lord of life. Be with those who are suffering from illness and ailments of body and soul. Give them strength to persevere during these times and heal them according to your will. Lord, we also ask for all those who are continuing to serve as first responders, continuing to love and serve their neighbor this time. Watch over them and watch over their families and provide comfort to them as they cling to your promises. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, increase the faith and energy of your church to desire and work for the salvation of all people, that they might be freed from sin and that hope is renewed in many hearts to the increase of the kingdom of your beloved Son. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, you are the great I Am. Fill us with the wisdom of your Holy Spirit that our hearts and minds may be transformed and renewed each and every day. And fill us with the joy of your salvation as we cling to the promises of new life in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, into your hands we commit all for who and for what we pray, trusting in you, and together we pray the family prayer of the church. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. 
go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you.